Hey, Jeff. How are you? Hey, Matt. How's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, you know, looking out and seeing how the weather is outside. Looks nice, but, you know, still stuck inside. So that's pretty shit. What's going on in your neck of the woods? <laughs> yeah, about the same. I mean, uh, we've had uh, out in Vancouver here, we've had a, a string of really nice days, pretty much like a week of solid sunshine. And then it's back to rain now. So back to regular programming. What's up, Chris? How's it going, man? Hey, Chris, thanks for joining uh, us today. So we're going to get a couple more people joining us, but welcome to episode 20. Wow, I can't believe I'm saying that. Episode 20 of A Chat with Matt. So thank you for everyone for actually staying in tune and wanting to keep checking this out. This has been great. Uh, today Congrats. I'm joined by Jeff of Phase Management. He works with a variety of very cool acts, including the Lad Classic, Madison Olds, and uh, Kevin McCreary. Kyle McCurney. Hi. Close. Very close. <laughs> we'll almost get names right. But uh, so, Jeff, why don't you just give a quick summary of uh, who you are, what you do, and all that kind of stuff? Right on. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, and congrats on episode 20. Um, so, my name's Jeff. I'm an artist manager, and uh, I've been in the business for about 15 years or so, just approaching 15. And uh, yeah, pretty well from many different capacities in the industry started out in my own band booked my own tours and and did that whole thing um and then uh basically transitioned from that into being a guitar tech and stage manager so i was uh across canada a bunch of times with a few different bands and that's pretty well what kind of got me into the industry uh, while i was a guitar tech i wasn't making any money it was totally uh voluntary sort of task so i uh, i actually downloaded photoshop and taught myself how to do graphic design um and kind of realized you know at that time there was a bit of a a, a hole in what i felt was like good representation in art for music and, and musicians like single artwork album artwork that sort of thing i felt like it was kind of lacking um so i wanted to do a better job than what i was seeing and that's kind of what got me started in terms of, uh, you know, the next step of my evolution in music, which was uh, starting a creative branding company. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got my start in music. Um, fast forward about, I guess, eight years now. Uh, I am more focused solely on artist management um, through the branding uh, that whole company and everything, it, it kind of took off really quickly. And I was doing work for some really big names like Nickelback, Florida Georgia Line, Keisha Shate, um, list goes on and on. Uh, so that was pretty cool. It was, it was a really good opportunity for me to see what things operated like uh, in terms of marketing on a really big scale. And um, yeah, coupled with that and, and all the different campaigns that I was a part of over the years, I kind of transitioned all of that info and knowledge and experience into uh, being an artist manager that has uh, all the branding and whatnot behind me. So, yeah, that's who I am. And, and uh, phase management has been alive for five years now. And we've uh, accomplished some really cool things together. And like you said, I represent three artists now. Uh, Madison Olds, Kyle McCurney, and the Lad Classic. That is awesome. The fact that you have such a span and all these different experiences and stories, like that really goes to show your experience and how it all impacts at the end of the day. Out of all of those things, what's been a significant highlight for you in your career thus far? Thanks. Um, good question. Uh, well, I, I think one of the coolest things that I, I guess – 
I don't know. It's kind of between two things. I mean, w with one of my artists, uh, we had him through a friend of a friend. We got connected uh, to the Queen camp. And uh, so Kyle wrote, co-wrote a song with Roger Taylor from Queen. So that was really cool. And, and uh, being back and forth with Queen's management and, and their whole team has been a pretty humbling experience there amazing and and um you know it makes you really realize why people like that are at the top you know they're really easy to work with and just great human beings um so that was definitely you know a huge highlight uh that was just that was december 2018 so not too long ago yeah a couple of years back yeah so, so the main thing you're doing now is obviously phase and working with your artists so what what's going on what's new with phase and what's going on with the artist anything new and exciting or is it kind of like everyone's kind of stuck because of the shit that's happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah good question i mean you know what i i'm honestly in terms of my artists you know we're in an okay spot uh, i think more than anything this has been a challenge and uh you know been an opportunity for people like myself and my artists to just kind of rethink how they're putting things out um, and trying to pivot around the fact that we can't have any human contact really. And, you know, the live thing is obviously a, a really big hit um, financially and in terms of us being able to have a bit of a story and, um, you know, being able to meet fans. Uh, so that's been a, a huge setback, but um, I, I think it's just a challenge, like I said, to be creative and rethink how you're positioning all of your, your things and, and assets and releases. And uh, for phase clients, I mean, we were really lucky. We got a lot of stuff done early on in the year. So for me, I mean, it's been pretty busy. Um, I've been, you know, we're lucky to be sitting on a bunch of, you know, music and, and content and stuff like that. So I'm in, I, I'm in a bit of a luckier spot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, earlier on this year, January, February, we kind of saw the signs and, decided to just, you know, do everything that we could and, and have the content ahead of time. And it's uh, proven to be a good thing. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely a good plan. And I'm glad that you guys got in a position where you're like, good, we can plan ahead, know that anything happens, we're planning out the content for the rest of the year, because that's the thing, we don't know how long it's going to last as well, especially on the live aspect. They're talking about all these regulations and the states are talking about like, uh, there's one article from Arkansas or something like that about a venue that had like limit down to 20% capacity and it was like a 500 capacity place. So only like a hundred people had to be, it was just going to be crazy. It's crazy. So, so what yeah. made you want to get into management? Like how did you get started in that? Like at one moment where you're like, I really want to work with artists. Well, you know what? It, it kind of was always in me and it, it took a few years to discover that. So at first, like I said, I mean, I started off um, in my own band. And, and so I was the guy writing, recording, releasing, you know, I, I kind of wore every hat. And what I realized at the end of that whole cycle and when, you know, things kind of came and went with that album and, you know, we toured a bunch and came home and broke. I realized that I fell in love with the process of releasing music rather than being, you know, the person writing and creating. Um, I, I've always kind of been, you know, creatively inclined, whether it be music or visual arts or whatever. So it was easy for me to just kind of adapt and, and I guess, you know, learn guitar and write music and whatnot. But it, you know, ultimately I, I learned pretty quickly. It wasn't for me and I really liked all of the mechanics in the industry and how, you know, all of that works. Um, and so I, I think it was in 
20, 2009, I interned for a management company or a manager out here named Chief. And that's kind of how I got, uh, shout out to Chief. That's how I got, uh, you know, a lot of experience in seeing what it was like. And, you know, we were managing or he was managing and I was assisting in things like huge merch reports and stuff like that for Hinder. And they were doing stadium tours and it was just a really huge, like, eye-opener on on you know how everything works and how it should function at a, at a really big level okay so yeah you definitely had that start and a huge thing obviously was the internship obviously giving the hands-on experience and really getting your hand dirty with the the content and really understanding the process and i'm sure that you carry a lot of that stuff with you today Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think I think more than anything, just a realization of how many things you need to know about. And and you know, obviously, you can't know everything, but you know, there there's like sync, there's copyright, there's masters, there's you know, just have like licenses, understanding deals. Like there's just so much to know aside from all the relationship building. That I think that was also very interesting to me because it's such a it's such an immense challenge and. Um, yeah, I really just spent my time doing what I could to research and, and learn as much as I can and still do. I mean, I'm a nerd <laughs> at heart. Well, that's the thing. It's, and, I, and I brought this up uh, Monday with Brian Monkar. In order to succeed, especially in this industry, is you have to be able to constantly evolve and be on top of everything. And also just be, if you don't want to get involved, with it, just learn about it and understand how it works so you can adapt to it. Because adapting and evolving yeah. is what this industry is about, especially during times like this, like that—that's what we have to do. Uh, speaking of the outbreak, obviously you mentioned there is some delays in what you guys are going to be doing and putting out. Like, are will that be delays? Do you think it's going to just releasing? Like, you're going to do hold off on album releases till you guys can go out and get your guys on the road and promote it, or are you just going to kind of like strategically place this like singles so you can space it out a bit more? Uh, I'm going with a completely digital realized plan for two of three of my artists, just because like I was saying, like we had the content in place, like ready to go, uh, right at the front of the year. So we're pretty lucky. So it's just a matter of, of creating the same sort of structure and plan, but carving out the live scenario. So you just kind of do different things digitally and socially to, to supplement those exciting little peaks that you would otherwise have with a show or a tour um you know and, and do just do as much as you can and, and be creative until those things come back and we're able to kind of you know keep things moving but uh for now and, and for the foreseeable year at this point you know i think it's more important than anything to have an understanding of you know what the digital realm looks like and how to navigate it well mm -hmm. something i'm curious about is obviously you're based out of vancouver and so there's a lot of stuff going on about vancouver i keep seeing articles about venues and stuff like that i'm curious what the how the Vancouver music scene is reacting to all this? Like, is there venue closures or is there just a lot of people like holding on? Like what, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Um, from what I see, people are holding on. I haven't heard of many venue closures. I think a couple, but yeah, I think for the most part, people are trying to ride it out and see what happens. Um, you know, it, like, I, I mean, this is something we're dealing with day by day at this point. And even just last week, Late last week, we got the announcement that, you know, big scale like festivals and larger live scenarios wouldn't be happening until there's a vaccine in play. And, you know, that could that could be a year from now, maybe more. So, yeah, it's kind of one of those things, man. It's it's a day by day scenario. And, and I hope that there is some sort of, 
you know, lower capacity introduction. And hopefully all of the costs and everything kind of get reshaped because a venue, you know, a smaller venue at 500 to 1,000 capacity just can't operate at, you know, 20% attendance. It just, you know, realistically, there's just too much overhead, especially if you have to consider additional staff to encourage distancing and whatnot. It's, uh, yeah, it's a really tricky thing to navigate. So we're not, we're not quite there yet, but uh, fingers crossed everyone can hold in there and, and, you know, we get through it. Yep. So obviously you were talking about navigating the digital landscape and figuring things out as they're evolving. So how have you yourself adjusted like your daily routine in terms of what you do for your artists? Like obviously a huge part of artist management is like phone calls, emails, relationship building, all that kind of stuff. Is there anything that you've had to change in order to adjust to what's been going on? Honestly, not really. I mean, I, I've always been really digitally focused and we've been lucky. I, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to speak on every artist's behalf. I, I have to, you know, I should say that the Lad Classic of the three has been the hardest hit. And that's just because they aren't, you know, it's not just one person um, like like this scenario where you can just pop on a live camera and go, you know, as a band or three different households, you know, it's a it's a whole different scenario. So it changes what we're able to do. Um, it does limit us a little bit, but, you know, we're we are in the middle of working around that whole thing and, and just trying to hack, uh, you know, making the most of it and trying to create content in separate spaces. Um, but yeah, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, I've always been so di digitally focused. It's just, you know, my expertise and kind of my background. And so um, I just consider it, you know, an extra tool that I bring forward in what I do in management and social is, is huge. And, um, you know, making cool content pieces are also huge and understanding the numbers behind them is, uh, you know, crucial to, to doing a good job of moving the needle properly. So yeah, moving the needle properly and understanding the numbers and all and the analytics and everything, and obviously with the lag classic, that is a really tough scenario having three different households and trying to coordinate everything. Uh, so yeah, how do you think the landscape though has changed for artists overall? Like, do you think that their artists are going to be able to adjust, or are we going to lose some bands? Like, how do you think this will change the landscape overall? I think it's going to make artists become a little bit more creative and um, I guess step up to the plate more in terms of consistency. I think that's something that lacks. And, and um, I guess the word I'm looking for is accountability. I think artists are going to realize they're, they should be more accountable. And in the absence of being able to show up to things like a show, you know, you have to create events um, and markers to show up for your fans. Um, and the beauty behind this is, you know, with Instagram, especially, or, or any other platform that lets you stream, you can show up and there's no limit to how many people are watching you. So it's just a matter of rethinking what you're doing and, and, you know, just challenging yourself to be more creative, to stand out. Um, you know, there are people creating more than ever right now too. There's going to be a lot of music coming out. So it's important to kind of understand when you're putting music out, the, the different things and different elements that are going to let you cut through the noise and, and, you know, how to properly stack the releases and space out, you know, the different things that you're putting in front of your fans. Absolutely. And accountability, what you just touched on there is a huge part of it. And I'm seeing a lot more bands and artists understand that, oh, shit, we actually have to run our socials now. Because a lot of them just do the casual, like, hey, we're playing at this venue at this place at this time. Come on. <laughs> out. And that's really about it. But, yeah, it's that understanding, like, streaming like this. Like, for me, I never did this kind of shit before this because I right. – 
I'm a bit of a boomer when it comes to social media. I'm not going to lie, even though I'm 24, <laughs> but that's okay. I've never had an interest in it, but now I'm learning <laughs> engaging and growing. But now and it's helping me, especially with the people I work with. Like it's really got helped me understand things a lot more. Um, do you think that anything from this situation is going to continue post outbreak or are we going to like, or some of those bands going to revert back to that? Come see us at this place at this time and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I hope a healthy balance of both. Um, you know, I, I love the whole live experience and the whole streaming aspect and people are doing such quality video and audio output that it's, it's impressive, but there's nothing, you know, in terms of what does it cross off the list as human experience, it only crosses a few things off, right? Like as at a concert, it's the one or one of few things that you could say basically tickle every sense, right? You can feel it, you can smell it, you can taste it. It's just an experience like no, nothing else. Um, and we don't have a lot of those, you know, just in day-to-day -day life. So I, I think it, it's one of those things that'll never go away. It'll just have a slower transition back. Um, and, you know, I think there will be a lot more live in the future and people are starting to understand and adapt the, the platforms better. But it, like, again, it, there's nothing that replaces that human experience of actually being at a show. Um, so hopefully it does mean more digital and, and more people getting creative on how they're doing things. And, you know, hopefully we're at a point one day where we can have a band like the Lad Classic in three different spaces and having streamless audio where, you know, we're not skipping a beat and we're literally watching a show. Um, but yeah, I, I hope people just adapt more of a, a, you know, incline for being digital and being on top of it. So obviously a huge part of this is the live aspect and we're seeing, we're seeing the venue closures, especially in Ontario. Like I've seen just a significant amount of venue closures and I know there's going to be a couple more announcements coming out in the next couple of weeks, sadly to say, but how do you think this will change the live landscape overall? Like, do you think we're going to get a lot more like smaller artists doing smaller venues are going to be fewer and far between? Because as you obviously are aware, touring Canada as a smaller artist is hard as it is because you need mm -hmm. the money to travel and you need the money to cover your expenses. And it's just, how do you think that's going to change like a year and a half, two years from now? Because it's going to take a while for things to recover. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Um, you know, the word is recovery because I think it, it just depends how long this whole thing lasts and what, you know, fans are willing to spend later after this is all said and done. And, you know, promoters are going to have a hard time being able to find a room that's going to take the chance to do it. However, I do think there's going to be a demand. That's, you know, more than anything. I, so I'm optimistic in thinking that we will be able to rebound relatively quickly, whatever that new normal looks like. Um, and hopefully transition back to where we were. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little bit of a, a transitional period. Um, but fans want to see live shows. And I think that when people go to shows and come home and they're safe and no one's getting sick and, and you know, there's a little bit of a repeat pattern there where people are feeling safe, I, I think it's going to bounce back really, really well. Um, and I also think that the Canadian economy has an advantage because we're one of the countries that has been able to, you know, relatively speaking, kind of keep this under control. So I think that in terms of uh, international touring, it's going to be attractive for artists to hit here first. 
Um, but at the same time, you know, if we're able to bring back touring first, that's a really good thing for the Canadian economy in terms of musicians because we're going to be back up and running and we're going to be making, you know, generating income, playing shows, seeing fans. Um, and I think we're going to be able to do that a lot faster than someone or a place like America or, you know, somewhere Europe is. And on, on staying on the topic of live, do you think that venues might even adapt and transition into more of a digital landscape in terms of like live streaming concerts that they're hosting at their venues and selling like digital tickets online? Do you think that could be a possibility or is it just the technology not there yet? I mean, I think they could. I, I think they could even do that now if they're not already doing that. You know, like a, a platform like Twitch is great. Um, there's there are so many resources available to to really optimize your live streaming. You know, you can plug a, a professional camera in through USB into your computer and use that as a live um, angle. It, it's you know it's pretty endless. You can do that right now. So I hope so for you know uh, in terms of kind of putting a bandaid on the scenario. But I don't I don't think that should be it long term. I'm a fan of the real thing. You know, there's nothing like going to a show with your friends and. And yeah, just enjoying it. So I, I hope it's uh, you know a quick fix, but not the norm <laughs> in the future because that'd be lame. <laughs> no, it would it would be lame. But there's also going to be that that group of people who don't have the same appreciation for live that like you and I both have, or a lot of these other bands have, and that aren't going to feel 100% safe until there is that vaccine. So it could mm -hmm. work out where venues could sell digital tickets two shows and people could watch that show from cover their own home at maybe a oh i see what you're saying sorry yeah i misunderstood what you're saying yeah, okay more, yeah that makes sense maybe and maybe have a mix of both where they live stream the show sell digital tickets like let's say let's pick a venue uh let's say uh pick, pick a room out near neck of the woods i'm curious Biltmore. sure great room let's go let's go with that one so like they set up the cameras, they get everything, people come in, obviously it's going to be a limited capacity. But ideally say at least a 50% capacity because that would make it at least somewhat more manageable. And then they sell digital ticket online for people at home so they could actually enjoy the show from home without having to worry. Like, do you think that could even possibly work out if there's enough people on board with it? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think that might be cool. I mean, again, it's like... A you know, it, it's not the same experience, but, you know, if people are really dying to see that show, I, I think it could be a good way to kind of, you know, take care of both sides, I guess. But again, I, I think it's just a matter of time before people are going to be comfortable and it might just be like an intermediate step, but mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see what happens. And when we're allowed to go back to, you know, small groups and playing shows and yeah, it seems like a little ways away still. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're going to be that way away for a while. Yeah. A huge thing, obviously, is up-and-coming bands right now and just upcoming bands in general. They're all trying to figure out how to break, how to stand out, how to do all these things. What are what are some tidbits and little nuggets of wisdom that you could pass on to those bands trying to figure out how to break out in their local scene and in the Canadian landscape? Yeah, so I would say, I mean, it... it everyone's advice is it comes down to the song usually and and that is very true in a lot of ways i mean a song opens a lot of doors and and can do a lot but you know right now i'm seeing a lot of artists that are getting they're very headstrong on what they think they're doing in terms of releasing and they get excited and they release and it goes nowhere 
So the biggest sort of, you know, the only feedback that you can really take away from that is that there's a big lack of planning. Um, so I, I would say use the time right now to, to spend the time on waiting. Don't put the music out for a second and just think about your plan. Think about whatever, you know, what you're doing leading up to the release and after the release. You know, I give myself three months ahead of any single. So, um, you know, just spend the time on planning because it sucks to, you know, be in a position, say, if you have a great song and you've got it recorded before this lockdown and, and you're wanting to put it out, uh, you know, really take the time to understand what you're doing um, and, and, you know, do the best possible to make sure that you have a lot of social media, a lot of content uh, and everything sort of stacked up in your favor so that you don't just get lost. That's a wonderful piece of advice. What do you think about uh, the whole digital like Spotify platform versus radio? Which one do you think is going to like they're both going to hold their place. But do you think that one's going to really overtake the other at some point or? Hard to say. I mean, I, I think in about 20 years, maybe, but immediately, no, they they serve different purposes. Um, you know, people usually listen to radio in their cars on the way to work, you know, or when they're driving somewhere. Um, and then when you're working out, you might listen to Spotify. So I think it's just a, a difference in consumption. Um, and it may taper off, but I, I still feel like, you know, radio still calls the shots on a lot. You know, it's still an incredible tool for discovery and, and breaking through. Uh, you know, you can, you can do a lot and, you know, earn an income if, if you're a successful radio artist. So, yeah. Shout out to uh, Grave in Canada for coming in with the hard eye. Thanks for joining us right here. <laughs> so, Jeff, we're going to start getting to wrap things up here. What's going to be next for you and Faze and the artist during this time in quarantine? Well, I am gearing up for a really busy year with a couple releases coming up. Madison Olds has new music coming, so that's something that I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'm in the middle of a cover series with Kyle McCurney. Uh, we just released cover number seven of 24 uh, and each cover where, you know, we have professionally recorded video footage um, and every cover song is recorded live off the floor. So it's actually a really cool sort of way for us to, to, you know, shake off the other projects that he's been a part of over the last couple of years and just kind of showcases his talent and his ability. So uh, yeah, like I said, we're cover seven of 24 and we're releasing four cover EPs. Um, in conjunction with all the releases. Uh, so that's really exciting. And uh, he will be working towards originals. Uh, and we're hoping to have something to release by the end of this year. But uh, no concrete plans there. And uh, as soon as this craziness is done with, uh, Live Classic will be in the studio. Uh, we've got all those plans kind of in play. And we're really excited about it. That's wonderful. I, I have a funny feeling I already know the answer to this. But who are three acts that people should check out? <laughs> <laughs> okay maddie old music is madison's instagram handle so m-i or m-a-d-d-i-e olds o-l-d-s music um kyle mccurney is the other one and the lad classic you can find them all on the phase music mgmt uh i guess bio um or my personal one jeff ojeda if you're around on it uh yeah Check them out. We've got some exciting stuff coming. Well, I knew that was going to be the answer, but I still asked the question. <laughs>
<laughs> well, I appreciate Jeff, it. Yeah, Jeff, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me today. Where can people find you and everything you're involved with? Cool. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Uh, and again, congrats on episode 20. Uh, you can find, or, or I guess, check out my, my uh, management company, uh, phasemgmt.com. Um, got a lot of exciting things happening and uh, some announcements with this company specifically in the coming months. So look out for that too. And uh, yeah, appreciate you having me here. Thanks so much. Of course. Thank you. So that's going to take a wrap on episode 20 of A Chat With Matt. I want to thank everyone who has taken the time to join me as a guest, that's tuned in, that's enjoyed what we've been putting out here. And uh, Chris, R underscore creative, Jeff's the dude. Absolutely, Jeff is the dude. What's up, Chris? I, uh, speaking of management, I just relaunched my management firm today, officially. So we're going to start. Oh, no way. Congrats. There. So the ML group is back. I recently signed the Jailbirds. A great Canadian rock band. We're going to do some really great stuff. We're working with Golden Robot Records. Phenomenal team. We got a new Amazing. single in just the uh, next few weeks. And then we got a bunch more stuff coming up ahead. Uh, in terms of a chat with Matt, I have one more episode this week. Episode 21. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite frontmen is joining me. And I'm very excited. One of the craziest rockers that's going on in the scene right now. Leon Harrison of The Lazies. If you haven't seen The Lazies nice. live, when this is all over... Go check him out or just look up some footage online. Just absolutely crazy rock show. As well as he recently started an initiative with a bunch of other bigger Canadian acts known as Bandwagon, where they're doing arts consultancy and mentorship. So we're going to talk to him about all that. So everyone, thank you for joining today, Jeff. It was a pleasure. We will see you on Friday at 3 p.m. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks for having me. See ya.